Hi, I'm Jerry Gerard, and I'm not immortal, but neither are you. Hey, I wanted to start the show today with a little clip that I found that I think just embodies kind of the mindset that we want to go for here. I think you'll like it. Uh, how does one deal with insecurities? How does one deal with insecurities? Life is insecure. There is no security about life because... Shall I reveal a secret to you? Hmm? However young and healthy you are, you're going to die one day. I'll bless you with a long life, but you will die one day. Is it okay? No? <laughs> so you can die joyfully or you can die crying, it's up to you. I really like how matter-of-fact he is and I almost like the little chuckle more than anything. He just lays it out there like it's the thing. You don't... you can hide your head in the sand if you want, but it's a thing. Anyway, so each episode we want to try to do interviews, bring people in, different voices. The goal here is not to have famous people or science people. I want all kinds of people. So why not start as close to home as possible? And in this case, I got uh, my 20-year-old daughter, Emily, to come be interviewed. She's currently a, a biology major at University of Maryland, and she wants to be a doctor. So here's my conversation with Emily. Everyone, welcome to my pod. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. Thank you for listening to the podcast. The okay. first question to get you on the podcast is, are you going to die? I read your blog, so I think the answer is yes. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a yes or no question. Let's know what you read. Yeah. If you're I, not going to I, die, then you're not qualified. One day I plan on dying. You plan on it? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> everyone else has so far. Oh. So I have a, we have a good track record so for death. You, ha, is it something that you've come to terms with? Yeah, I think so. Why are you laughing at me? Because, I'm very yeah, I like this how existential. I like, I like how you're, going, you're planning to do it, like you plan to go to the grocery store. I was going to die when I turned 85. So that's what I was going to ask you. So now that you know that it's a foregone conclusion, like what is your plan? What do you... What do you uh, I think it's going to be a long time from now. I think it's going to be a blaze of glory, saving a busload full of children. I don't think it's going to be doing anything brave. Okay. Considering that when I see a pothole, I freeze up and drive right over it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'll be saving a bus full of children. Okay. Or anything. Okay, so then because you say you're going to die, that means you know that the amount of time that you have is not infinite, right? Sometimes it feels infinite because right. I'm so young, but logically I know that it will one day end. <sighs> So, so do you have anything that you already do to make sure that you don't waste a bunch of time since you don't have an unlimited amount of it? Do you have already any tools or any strategies that you don't forget the fact that you don't have an unlimited amount of time? This is going to sound morbid, but I do think about people that have died already. Like my friend that died a couple years ago in that car crash. Like I just think about how the fact that he doesn't even know Donald Trump is president. That's just so weird. Do you ever worry about wasting time? I worry that I'll die when I'm 30, like just starting out on the career that I worked my entire life for and will never have cashed that in. But I don't worry about physically wasting time on account of I'm 20 and I've done a lot of cool stuff so far. 
If you know you, if you knew you only had till thirty, what would that change? That's actually a question I think about a lot because I have two friends with cystic fibrosis, so their life expectancy is like thirty-five tops, and they're still in college. And so I wonder if I knew that I was only going to live to thirty-five, would I still be doing this? Like just to have the traditional experience of someone that age? Do you plan? That maybe you're the exception. Maybe you live to 50. You don't want to not have a college degree if you're living to 50. Like, that's long enough to need a college degree. But then also, like, you could die at 35. So maybe you want to spend that time traveling. But then also traveling stresses me out. So because you want to have some fun with the time that you have, what do you do to make sure that you're having the most fun? What do you like to do the most that you make sure you leave time for? I like to um, lip sync to music while I'm driving. I like to, like, when it rains, I especially like to put on sad songs and pretend to be sad. It's really fun. I find that men don't do it. And but, like, if you to talk to any girl you know and you're like, have you been in a really good mood? And you put on, like, some really sad songs. You just look out the window and you're like, I love Torn by Natalie and Brulia. Like, I love this song. So you basically just mimic sadness just to play yeah, the Yeah, but then when you get times when you're actually sad, you're like, how dare I mock myself and when I was happy? Like, why would she do that to me? You mimic your you mimic sadness so you could be like in the music video that's not being recorded right now. Yeah, just in case. <laughs> it also really helps if you're dressed up. Like if you're on like a ball gown and you're like something devastating has happened and like I must sing Breathe Two AM by Anna Malik like now. Like it's just so much more powerful in the dress because you're like, Who hurt you? <laughs> Who hurt this girl at her prom? <laughs> so in that in that vein. A lot of people are terrified of public speaking. A lot of people are terrified of dancing when people are watching. What is it that you think that you shouldn't, that you're afraid to do, that if you think about it in the larger scale, you shouldn't be bothered being afraid about it? That's a hard question. Because it doesn't mean anything in the greater scheme of things. So if- I mean, it could matter. Because, what, listen, what if you were at a dance and you were dancing bad and then the person that was going to ask you to dance, because it's like 1965 and that's what happens, no longer wants to ask you to dance because you're dancing bad. And that person was like, you could sliding doors the whole thing and it could matter. But arguably, you're right, it's not going to matter in the super long scheme of things. So I guess I could, you could make, I could talk to people more. Mm-hmm. I feel like I already act pretty dumb in public in terms of like caring what people think. Acting dumb? Yeah, like I dance pretty stupid. Oh, okay. I so make you, a lot of noises. So you're not you're not super reserved. You don't care if people are gonna judge you. I'm, I don't consider myself to be very shy. No, I feel like the peak of worrying about people judging you. You might feel differently because you're old. I feel Ouch. like for me in my life, that peak was probably late middle school, early high school, mm-hmm. and I probably emerged out of that early enough because I was just like I'm. Just don't care. I feel like for boys, that definitely lasts longer because my brother only just now started being like, hey, maybe I can actually like the things I like like a year ago. <laughs> um, it's like that girl I once offered a sticker to and she was like, aren't we a little old for stickers? And then, like two hours later, she was like, can I get a sticker? And I'm like, I'm mad at you, but like, yes, like, I'm going to give you a sticker, but I want you to think about what you've done. You tried to embarrass me for liking stickers and then you're like, oh, can I get a sticker? Just get a sticker. For 20, not 80. 80 year olds can have stickers too. That was a terrible example. Anyone at any age can have a sticker. <laughs> Unless you're like a Nazi, then I'm not giving you a sticker. Next question. <laughs> Is there anything you like to use, either a computer program, an app on your phone, something that you find that uh, if you do those things, either, either make sure that you're not wasting time or they make sure that you're bringing you all the joy you could possibly get? 
feel like Twitter brings me a lot of joy. <laughs> I feel like not everybody feels that way. But it's like who you follow, I guess. In terms of not wasting time, I like the Notes app on my phone for grocery lists. And I like to plan out all of my outfits two weeks in advance based on weather. And also to make sure that none of my outfits um, rotate within two weeks of each other. So everyone thinks I'm wearing new clothes all the time. It's so funny. Nobody can remember more than two also, weeks Also, like in if the you add a sweater with a new scarf, everyone's like, cool new outfit. And I'm like, I just wore this two weeks ago. Just a different color scarf. Like, you're all dumb. Like, I just tricked you. Congratulations, you've been played. A lot of people think that Twitter is addictive. How do you find that that's... How do you, how do you avoid feeling like you're addicted to it? Like, you have to check on it all the time. How I deal with that is checking it all the time. <laughs> For example, actually, Instagram was down almost all of Thursday. Uh, it was a heavy toll for me. I actually had three friends that don't normally text me text me to check on me. Because they're like, how are, how are you going to do this day without your Finsta? And I was like, I don't know. So far, I'm just complaining privately instead of publicly. It's rough. Um, I feel like a lot of my friends do social media cleanses where they'll just not be on the social media for a long time. That, to me, sounds like that sucks. But maybe it helps them. <laughs> Not you. I just, I love the memes. Yeah. I use Twitter for news. I don't even tweet all that much. It's not about me sharing my life. That's for other networks. But like, <laughs> I just, I love the memes. I love the joke. Well, I think that uh, the interview has taught me two important lessons. One is she should have the podcast, not me. And you're never too old for a sticker. I wanted to add in, just for some fun, a couple other major points Emily wanted to offer up. Here's the secret, though. If you were a vampire, you would be immortal. Here's the question. They can't ready, come on the ready show. audience, here's the real question of the podcast. In the Twilight books, arguably the entire Colin family, that's the surname of the blended vampire family, arguably they're immortal, unless the, the Volturi decides to cut off their heads and they live in Italy. But that's, I think that's like an analog of the Catholic Church, but that's not what I'm getting into right now. What I'm getting into, podcast listeners, is the fact that although they're immortal, they spend all their time in high school. That seems suspicious to me. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you're going to spend, you look 25 and you're going to AP history? You could be in college. God, like you're. You could be 100, right? You're Robert Pattinson. He's 180 when he meets Bella. She's 18. And that's not pedophilia? That's why Not Immortal is a great podcast, because it doesn't promote vampire pedophilia. No, it does not. We're 100% against that here. <laughs> That's actually the slogan. It's, it's um, just, what is it? Not Immortal? Yeah. Not Immortal, Jerry Gerard. We do not support vampire pedophilia. We're it's done. like That's good. Yeah, the end. Mic drop. Am I right? All right, you can turn me off. Thanks for listening to the Not Immortal podcast. Thanks to my guest, Emily Gerard. Pretty entertaining. You can uh, subscribe to Not Immortal wherever you follow normal podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere. You can also go to notimmortal.com. You can sign up for our email list. And you can uh, follow me. I'm uh, Jerry Gerard at Jerry Gerard on Twitter. Thanks a lot. And we'll see you next time.